Hey, so if you weren't here last week, uh, we started a new discussion, series of discussions entitled Triggered. And uh, really, it's, it's us to get together and have a discussion about uh, our world, our society. It seems like everyone's getting offended. Everyone's getting anxious. Everyone's uh, really just feels like on edge, right? And so uh, we wanted to spend a few moments, spend a few weeks uh, discussing how, how, what does it look like to take back our minds? When we follow Jesus, how do we grab hold of our mind and defeat this thing called anxiety? And so that's where we're going to head tonight and next week as well. And so... Did you find Luke chapter 10? Did you do it? Yeah. Success. Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be. This is what it says. If I can find it. What verse? 38. My goodness. It's one of those days, right? 38. Where in the world? It's this new Bible. There it is. Very bottom. I'm new at this, by the way. No, that's not true. Okay, so verse 38. It says this. As Jesus and his disciples continued on the way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, Well, my... Martha, Martha, you are anxious and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. Have you ever suffered a traumatic injury before? Have you ever had one of those, broken bone or anything like that? I've never actually broken a bone, um, but I'll tell you a story of perhaps the most traumatic injury ever to happen to me. I was a freshman in high school, and uh, I know I look really athletic now, and I was, and I still am. I used to play baseball in high school. Baseball is my favorite sport. Yeah, two people care about baseball. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So I, I played baseball in high school, and I was a freshman, this good old freshman. They didn't care about freshmen there. Uh, and what they did is they, sh- they wouldn't let us use the actual baseball facility on the high school campus. So they shipped us off to the junior high to this super ghetto, like built in 1930 baseball facility that st- hadn't been used in like half a decade. But they squeezed us into this thing. And so I was an outfielder. I played outfield. And so I remember one of the drills, our coach, his name was Coach Mock, Coach Mock came up to us like, hey, all right, we're going to split you guys into two groups. One group's going to catch pop flies. One group is going to get grounders. We don't have a whole lot of moves. So here's what. It's important for you to listen to me. Keep your eye on the ball. There's going to be ball, baseballs flying around. There's going to be baseballs on the ground. It's important that you watch where the baseballs are. Everybody understand? Yes, Coach Mock. Yes, sir. So we do that. And, we, and I get in the grounder group. They, he puts me in the grounder group, and we're taking grounders. And... Uh, the worst thing that you can say to someone in a moment of tragedy is heads up. It's the most deceiving thing someone could say. So we're taking grounders, right? Right, And I get to the back of the line, and me and my friends, I don't even remember what we're talking about, but we're talking and we're hanging out, and we're looking down, either the grass or someone's shoes or cleats or whatever, and someone said, heads up. So naturally, what do you think happens? I look up, guys, no joke, a baseball from across the field hits me in my mouth. Like, sounds like a piece of meat slapping concrete. You're just like, ah! Like, I don't remember, like, I don't really remember a ton of the impact. Here's what happened. A tooth had gone through my lip. 
it had hit me that hard. I still had the tooth, but it had just like gone through the lip. So there was like a hole in my lip. It's true. It's a true story. I'm not making it up. And uh, all I remember, I don't remember much about it, but I remember like, like coming out of my comatose on the ground, like what in the world just happened? And, and the coach, Coach Mock, standing over me and laughing at me. <laughs> Heartless Coach Mock. He was awesome. He was like my hero back then. But laughing at me. And he said, he said something too effective. Hey, Brayden, you took your eye off of what I said was important. That's what happened. You got smacked in the face. I told you so. I told you. You took your eye off of something that I told you was important. I think sometimes in life, we, uh, we do the same thing. I don't mean like get hit in the face with a baseball. Though sometimes life can feel like it hits you in the face with a baseball. Am I right, someone? But that's not what I'm talking about. I think sometimes in life, um, we forget what's actually important. And we see this in the same, we see the same thing in the story of Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10. You see, Luke chapter 10, the context is Jesus is, is, he's doing a ton of teaching. If you have a red letter Bible, you see there's a ton of red letters. He had just got done teaching about the Good Samaritan, and he and his disciples begin to leave towards Jerusalem, and we enter this character named Martha and her sister Mary. And it seems like a pretty boring uh, event happening in the Bible. Martha and Mary, uh, they just invite Jesus over. Hey, come over for dinner. It's like, why is this significant? And so, like any good host, it says that Mary begins, or Martha begins to like kind of take care of the house. She begins to do stuff. She's actually preparing for a, uh, a dinner. And I love what it says. It's interesting how the Bible describes this scene. Martha's trying to take care of the place. And it's interesting how the Bible describes it in verse 40. It says, but Martha was, what's that word? Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing for Jesus. And as we take a look at this narrative and as we begin to discuss how do we take back our minds in the age of anxiety, I think it's important for us to realize the dangers of anxiety. The first thing that I want you to understand tonight is that anxiety will distract your heart. Worry, chaos, fear, all of that. Those things will <clears throat> distract your heart. Basically what I mean is that the worry in your mind will plant distraction in your heart is a better way to say it, I think. You see, G the crazy thing about this story is that Jesus is in the room with Martha. Like, Jesus, king of kings, lord of lords, like he is in the room with Martha. But, like so many of us, Martha is so distracted by the busyness of her life that she forgets to make Jesus a priority. And like, the thing is, is that Martha had really great intentions, right? She just wanted to take care of Jesus. I think so often in life, we have really good intentions with our life as well. So many of us are like, we're gearing, gearing towards the end of school. So there's like finals and papers due. And it's important for us to spend a good amount of time um, preparing for those papers, studying, uh, looking over notes. That's important. Like you want to do that. That's a good thing. Or maybe some of you guys are in relationships with someone and that's so cute. It's important. I can see it's important for you to give some sort of time to that relationship. In order for relationships to work and be healthy, you have to give up some sort of time to devote to that. It's not a bad thing. Maybe some of you guys are in sports or you're in theater or you're in choir and you spend a lot of your time in rehearsals and in practice. That's not a bad thing. You want to be good at what you do. That's not a bad thing. See, Martha, Martha being busy, she, I, I want you to catch this. She's just making the house. She's just cooking dinner. She had great intentions. I just want to take care of Jesus. So many of us have really good intentions in our life, but in the busyness and responsibilities of life, 
our greatest intentions can turn into our greatest distractions. You see, Martha had great intentions. Like she wanted to take care of Jesus, but her intentions became her distraction. You see, what's funny, what's funny about Christians is we're like, oh, silly Martha, why can't you just be more like Mary? Mary's there at the foot of Jesus. It's easy, Martha, just be at the foot of Jesus. It's easy. But like, if I'm honest with you, I don't like Mary in this story. Like, I love me some Martha in this story. Martha's actually doing something. Like, she's up. She's getting around. She's taking care of stuff. There's a to-do list. Martha's my girl. She's going to get it done. And then there's Mary. Like, Mary's useless to me at this point in time. Like, I'm I'm with Martha on this one. And Martha's like, yeah, I'm a little upset. Jesus, I'm the one around here doing work. I'm the one putting up with this. I'm putting in the effort in this relationship. Mary, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm with Martha on this one. I'd be a little bit frustrated too with Mary. But the problem with Martha was not her actions. The problem with Martha was her attitude. You see, anxiety, worry, concern, chaos, busyness, all of this will deepen your selfishness. The thing about anxiety is that it will deepen your selfishness. Look at verse 40 again. It says this, but Martha was distracted by the, everything she was doing, by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits around while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. Here's what I understand. When anxiety and chaos and worry and fear and everything going around in our world takes hold of our minds, it makes everything about you. The side effect of anxiety is selfishness. We turn, when things get kind of crazy in our lives, we say, well, what about me? What about my, when am I? What about, how am I? When am I? Where am I? Me, 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 me. And and, and it's the same with Martha. You see, Martha's so concerned about this big dinner and making sure this house is squeaky clean. And then she sees lazy old Mary doing nothing. And what does she say to Jesus? Jesus, doesn't it seem unfair that I'm doing all the work? It seems unfair. I'm doing all the work. You're here, Jesus. Mary's just twilling her thumbs. Tell, this is Martha, like the nerve on this woman. Hey, Jesus, tell her to come. Like, you ever try to tell God something? You ever try to, like, tell God what to do? You ever do that? Like, God, I know you, God. I know you in control, but let me tell you how to do it for a second. Like, let me tell you how it should be done. Here's what I want. See, oftentimes, anxiety causes us to be more concerned about what we want than what God wants. You ever think about that? Sometimes Christians, I do this all the time, sometimes we pray and we're like, God, would you just give me more money? God, would you just give me more time? God, would you, I, would you give me more friends, please? Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's saying, how about you steward the time I've given you better before I give you more time? Maybe he's saying, how about you be more responsible with the finances I've given you before I give you more money? What if he's saying when we pray, oh, God, give me more friends. What if he's like, I don't want to. Maybe you need to restore the relationships with the friendships you've broken off before I give you new friends. But we get into the selfish mentality, don't we? 
That's not what I want, Jesus. What happens is that when worry, fear, anxiety, and chaos enters our mind, is that it makes us incredibly selfish because we are focused more on what I want. How do I get out of this situation? How do I get back into my comfort zone? And we forget to focus on what God actually wants. That's what's happening to Martha. She's, she's, cra- she's distracted. She's feeling crazy. She's got a lot going on. And then she tells Jesus, it's not fair, Jesus. I want her to help me. So tell her to come help me. And there's, like, hear me, there's nothing wrong with serving. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do good. There's nothing wrong with hospitality. There's nothing wrong with her actions in this moment. What Jesus wanted to address was her attitude. He was calling her out. She just was concerned about herself. Her stress and worry caused her to be more worried about her world than God's presence. And that's what Jesus wanted to address. Look at it. Look at what Jesus then says to Martha. Verse 41. But the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and upset over all these details. There is only one thing. Say one thing. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. The third thing I want you to understand about anxiety is that anxiety will distort your priorities. Anxiety will distort your priorities. When chaos and anxiety and worry and fear and frustration, when all of these things rule your mind, you will forget about the one thing that's worth your mind. Jesus You see, Martha was so distracted and worried about doing things for Jesus that she forgot to simply be with Jesus. And Jesus says, oh, Martha, Martha, you're so busy. You're so distracted by all these things. Some of you are distracted by the band coming on the stage. It's okay. Let's refocus. Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, you're so distracted by all these things happening. And that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're taking care of the house. I'm so glad that you're caring about what we're going to eat for dinner. But Jesus is saying, Martha, I don't want just your actions. I want your heart. I just want you to simply be with me. You see, some of you come into this room week after week because it's your Christian duty. It's Wednesday night. I'm a Christian. Better go to church. And you come in here and you're like, I just got to check off the box. And you, you, you sing the songs, you lift your hands, you go into your groups. And then you go back home and you're like, yes, God is happy with me. Yes, he is. I did it this week. Thank you, Jesus. I'm awesome. But what God is saying to you is he's like, I don't, I don't need you to come to church. God is saying to you, I don't need you to do any of this. I don't need your activity. I don't want, I just don't, I don't want just your activity. I want your heart. I just want you to simply be with me. You see, so many of us in this room are involved with a lot of stuff right now. And that's awesome. That's so cool that you're involved in a lot of stuff. But some of the stuff you're involved in has distracted you from the one thing. And just like my high school coach, Coach Mock, God bless you, Coach Mock. Just like Coach Mock, God is saying to you, you took your eye off of the thing that mattered most. In all of your good intentions and all the things you wanted to accomplish for the sake of God, like, God, I was doing this for you. I want to do this. I was going here. I was doing this. I wanted to be the best at what I did. I was doing. God is saying, no, no, no. I don't want just your activity. I want your heart. 
Martha is just so distracted by it all that she has forgotten the one thing. She has distorted her priority. She has forgotten the one thing. And Jesus is saying the same thing to many of us in the room. He's like, there's so many of us with chaos in our life. There's so many of us with worry in our life. There's so many of us with a whole bunch of stuff happening in our minds and in our worlds right now. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you as he was saying, Martha, you don't have to worry about any of this. All you have to do is just come to me and rest. In the Gospel of Matthew, there's an amazing verse. It's Matthew 6. It says this, it's Jesus talking. He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after those things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. What does verse 33 say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. See, what's interesting about Matthew chapter 6 is it says, it doesn't say like, hey, don't care about what you're going to eat. Don't care about what you're going to drink. Don't care about what you're going to wear. Those things aren't important. That's not what Matthew chapter 6 says. In fact, uh, it says right there that even God knows those things are important and you need them. But what does verse 33 say? Even though those are important, there is something of utmost importance. Seek first God. Seek him first you know, in the story of Mary and Martha, in that particular context, we don't know how it ends. It just kind of abruptly ends. We don't know if she, like, got an attitude. It's like, what'd you say to me, Jesus? Like, we don't know if that's what she said. We don't know if they got into an argument. We don't know, we don't know if she was like, oh, you're right. I'm going to come sit down. We, like, we don't know what happened. But I do know is that the story ends with an invitation for us. And it's come to me. That's his invitation. Come to me. Matthew chapter 11 says this. It says, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest at your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Guys, anxiety is a dangerous monster. And this is the last one. This is the last reason I want to tell you tonight. Anxiety is so destructive because it will deny you rest. When your minds are filled with chaos, when your life is just swirling around you, it will deny you rest. You see, Martha's greatest casualty in this story is not her time. Martha's greatest casualty in this story is not her energy. She was distracted by doing stuff. She was selfish because that's all she could see. She was so mixed up with her priorities. And the ultimate casualty of this story is that Martha was unable to rest at the foot of Jesus. See, there are some of you in this room who haven't felt rest in a long time. There are some of you who have carried guilt and shame for way too long. There's some of you in this room that are dealing with who knows what right now. And I'm here tonight to tell you that his invitation to you is the same as it was to Martha. And it's come to me. So many of us are chasing after all these shiny, fun things. 
boyfriends or girlfriends or popularity or toys or whatever. We're chasing after all these things that won't satisfy. And Jesus is giving you an invitation tonight. Come to me and I will give you rest. For the anxious, for the weary, for the heavy laden, come to me. We serve a kind God. in the midst of all your busyness, in the midst of all your mess-ups. Anybody mess up today? Yeah. In the midst of all your mess-ups, God is just saying, I just want to be with you. Forget all the stuff. It's important. Study. Be nice to your parents. Do good at school and sports. Get a thousand likes on your Instagram post. That's awesome. But you know what Jesus really wants? He wants your heart. Come to me. That's his invitation to you tonight. Can I pray for you?